Blog Talk Radio. Hello, Nat Town. I'm going to type and talk at the same time here as I send out the tweet inviting everyone to Nat Nightly, sponsored by the District Sports page and FederalBaseball.com. There it goes. This is Patrick Reddington from Federal Baseball. I've got Doug House from Federal Baseball, and once I turn him on here, Dave Nichols from the District Sports page on the line coming to you after a 3-2 loss to the Cincinnati Reds. Fourth straight loss to the Reds this season. That's 47 and 36, uh, 46 and 37, I should say, on the year after the loss. Dave, are you there? Can you hear me? I am, and I can hear you. Good. Doug Fister on the mound tonight. One and two and three starts since returning from a DL stint for tightness in his right forearm. 442 ERA, 278, 316, 431 line against, and 18 and a third since he came back. 369 ERA in 31 and two-thirds innings pitched at home this season versus a 513 ERA in 26 and the third away from D.C., 409 fit versus 532 away, 249, 242, 298, 397 line versus 319, 359, 505, two errors in this, well, one error in the second, three misplays altogether, Fister a throwing error on a swinging punt, a grounder up the middle in the next one, Danny Espinosa makes a diving play and throws the first, uh, Clint Robinson can't find the bag. Then Doug Fister leaves a pitch up for a two-out RBI double by the opposing pitcher. one nothing at that point. Marlon Bird hit a 1-2 cutter to right in the sixth, hit the top of the wall, ruled a double, but he ends up scoring anyway, 2-1 at that point. Eugenio Suarez drives him in. Doug Fister, not a great day at the park, still up in the zone, struggling with his command as he has in the last couple outings. Six innings, eight hits, two runs, one earned run, one walk, two Ks on the day. Like I said, not the best outing from Fister, but a solid start by him. Yeah, you know, um, it's hard to peg a loss on a starting pitcher that goes six innings and allows only two runs, one of which were earned. But um, but he didn't help himself out at all, really. Um, you know, they got the break with the ball off the top of the wall that allows the uh, um, the pitcher to drive him in. And... Um, you know, and he was one that threw the ball away uh, in the early inning that allowed the guy to get into scoring position to begin with. So, um, yeah, you know, the, the, the end of the night, the, the numbers look okay, but um, but Fister uh, was not as sharp as you would like him to be. Um, I really get cheesed off by um, by pitchers um, driving in runs with extra bases, and um, that's just something that, that, that pitchers shouldn't allow to happen. I mean, there's no reason um, for a pitcher to get good wood on a, on a ball. Um, he just he, he left it out there, and and Di Scalfani was able to to lace it into left field. I mean, he got a good piece of it. Um, it's just it, it's just tough to take uh, when when you're doing a good enough job against the, the heart of the order, guys like Votto and um, and, and Phillips and, and and Bruce and the rest of them, and you allow you allow the pitcher to to beat you in that situation. Doug has an RBI double by the. Opposing pitcher, as we talked about, Eugenio Suarez, not necessarily a hard-hitting infielder. I, I didn't check his numbers on the year when we were going on there, but yeah, he's a 329 hitter. I take it back. Three for four tonight, a big game by him. He hit a home run late in the game, which we'll get to after that, but not a strong. Like Dave said, you look at the line, it looks like a decent outing by Doug Fister, but not necessarily his best night on the mound in Nationals Park. I know you were there at the game, too. Yeah, that was uh, that was sort of a strange outing. Uh, he, he turned in a quality start, but uh, honestly, I, I'm surprised it wasn't worse. Uh, you, you look at uh, at his velocity, he's still not back up around 86, 87 consistently, which is what you'd really like to see out of him. You know, and it, it 
kind of explains why he gave up an extra base hit to the opposing pitcher because well, without very precise location, he's basically throwing BP up there. He, he didn't go to his off speed that often, although it was effective when he did. Uh, and we, we saw a lot of base runners tonight, not a lot of Ks, a lot of balls in the air. Um, he, he was walking the tightrope the whole, the whole uh, outing, and for the most part, he stayed on it. Uh, so I, I guess we can be thankful that he didn't give up any more than two runs there. But, you know, really we got to put the blame for this on the offense. Honestly, Disclafani is having a nice season for him, but he's a league average pitcher. You've you got to do better against that, Matt. And it, it kind of just points to how depleted the lineup is right now. David, so I got to talk about Anthony Disclafani on the mound there, a Blue Jays six-round pick in 2011, acquired by the Marlins in that blockbuster deal with the Jays in 2012. Traded to the Reds in the Matt Latos DLS winner, five and six, three six eighty RA, three seven oh FIP and ninety two and a third so far this season, two and two and six starts since he beat the Nats in late May in uh, Great American Ballpark, four ten ERA, two nine three, three forty eight, four twenty two line against and thirty seven in the third innings pitched since that start. Uh, up one nothing after two, but the Nats load the bases with two out in the third. A wild pitch brings Matt Dendecker home. A great play there by De- uh, Dendecker to read that play and get in there in time. Didn't necessarily like the way Brian Pena uh, threw his leg out across the plate. That seems to be uh, something that violates the rules at this point, but Dendecker scored there. Uh, Disclafani took the mound with a 2-1 lead in the sixth. Danny Espinoza hit a line drive home run out to right, tied it up at two at that point. Nationals couldn't do much more than that, though. They just get five hits, two runs, and they four walks, and they couldn't make anything out of them. Six Ks on the day, one home run allowed by Di Stefani. This is just another pitcher the Nationals probably should be able to beat with a full lineup in there, but with Denard Span and Yunel Escobar leaving during the game, which we'll get to in a second as well, the depleted lineup couldn't come up with any more than that. No, it's a spring training lineup, a Syracuse Chiefs lineup, um, if Stan and Escobar can't go tomorrow, it's going to look like a Hagerstown Suns lineup. I mean, people wonder <laughs> aloud why, why Nationals aren't running away with the National League East, and it's because it's the not, it's not the Nationals. I mean, the Nationals, if, if Span and Escobar can't go, have five of their starting eight position players. We'll have five of their starting eight position players at the start of the season out of the lineup. It's just not the Nationals that they're playing this year. All that being said. A triple-A lineup should be able to hit Anthony DiSclefani for more than five hits in a game. Uh, it, it's pathetic that the Nationals' offense tonight consisted of a DiSclefani wild pitch and a solo home run. Um, they just the, the Nets. Um, this collection of players aren't a high-contact group to begin with. Um, if they are not uh, scratching out singles on an occasion, they're going to have a hard time scoring runs. Um, and, and they're just not. I mean, Span left the game early. Escobar left the game early. That left the Nats with, with, with Matt Dendecker um, and Dan Ugla as their one-two hitters, um, and that's probably the, the least likely pair of one-two hitters that you could put in front of Bryce Harper, um, period. I mean, it's just it's no wonder teams are walking around, walking or pitching around Bryce Harper, um, and he leads the league in walks. I mean, the, the, the Reds, um, you know, had two runners on, and they walked around Harper pitched around Harper early in the game. So um, it's not shocking that the teams are are limiting Harper's opportunities to do damage because, quite frankly, he's the only hitter in the Nats lineup that's really getting a whole lot done these days. So, as I mentioned, there were three misplays in the first inning, one error charged to the Nats at that point. The second error of the game came in the fourth inning. 
uh, Eugenio Suarez, Eugenio, I think he's called. I keep on saying Eugenio, but whatever. Uh, reaches on a throwing error by Ian Desmond, grounder to short. He skips the throw to first that Clint Robinson can't pick. 19th error of the season. More swings and misses from Desmond tonight. Breaks a sl- I think he was over 21 when he broke a slump with a single in the sixth inning. But another rough night for me and Desmond. 19 errors in the first half is just rough for anyone and continues to struggle at the plate. He's down to a 2.12 average after he goes one for four with a K tonight. We saw him the other day swinging at high fastballs earlier in this homestand. Matt Williams talked about his approach at the plate and being able to lay off high fastballs that are up at your eye level. He said they look good, but you have to be able to lay off of them at this level. And Ian Desmond just continuing to struggle. They keep putting him out there, but hopefully a long break over the all-star break will get something going for him because throwing him out there every day hasn't uh, broken the slump for Ian Desmond in the first half. Yeah, I'm about ready to see them put him on the DL with a sprained batting eye here. But uh, maybe <laughs> maybe a few days off around the around the break will give him, you know, some some time to to think about his approach and get right here. Uh, th- that was a little bit of a tough error on Desmond. You know, LaRoche makes that play. I'm pretty sure Zimmerman make, makes that play. But uh, <laughs> I, I have to admit, when he got that scratched out that single there, Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Doghouse was texting with a friend of hers and saying it was like seeing a unicorn. <laughs> <laughs> that's just that's just mean, Mrs. Doghouse. Uh, I just note seeing on the Twitter tweets that span once again with the back uh, spasms acting up. You know, Escobar with a hamstring issue. Uh, they didn't say anything further than that from what I've seen so far. So we'll see what Matt Williams had to say after this. But Dave, how long does Matt Williams keep throwing Ian Desmond out there? He's taken some pains to kind of rest him and try to get him mentally right out there over the last few weeks. Talk a lot about it. We've written a lot about it, but keeps putting him out there and Desmond keeps on struggling at the plate and, they were talking on the Reds broadcast tonight. I keep on tuning in for the out-of-town broadcast these days just to see what other teams are saying about the Nationals and their first half they've had. And They were talking about the fact that he turned down what is reportedly a seven-year, $100 million-plus contract and is now struggling and will struggle to get that sort of money on the free agent market, though I'm sure someone will pay him, honestly. But just rough first half for Desmond all around. Frankly, if the Nationals had any other solid major league options, they would have explored them already. I mean, with with Rendon um, out of the lineup and with Yuno Escobar in and out with with the various uh, uh, maladies, they don't really have much option. I mean, what are they going to do? You know, slide Espinosa and start Dan Ugla? Are they going to start Manny Burris, the D.C. resident at shortstop? I mean, they just don't really have a whole lot of options. And, and, um, you know, they – Look, you know, as, as, as rough as rough as the Nats have had hitting these days, um, they're 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 just trying to sacrifice any production whatsoever that they can get, get out of Desmond. Uh, but it's getting to the point where uh, they might not have any other options. I mean, at this point, Trey Turner can do what Ian Desmond is doing. I mean, Desmond's hitting uh, what is it now? Two twelve on the season. He just yeah. snapped an zero for twenty one slump. Um, you know, I'd venture to say that the, the Turner or Manny Burris uh, both would be able to, to, to do that um, and give the Nationals better defense than Espinosa. I mean, than, than Desmond's doing. So, um, you know, the, the the All-Star break is the, the mythical halfway point in the season and uh, and all the rest of that. And, and I know the Nats want to keep as many, you know, quote-unquote major league hitters as they can in the lineup until they start getting Rendon or Worth or Zimmerman back um, regular in the lineup. But, 
Um, you know, quite frankly, he's killing the team. I mean, there's no other way to put it. They counted on Desmond for for 20 something home runs to hit 240 to 260 um, and, and to play um, play solid, if not spectacular, defense um, as he did last year and the year before. But he's not giving them any of that. He's been he's been shoddy on defense, um, and he can't hit the broadside of a barn right now. Hey, for all the struggles we're talking, he did steal a base. <laughs> for all the struggles we're talking about that doghouse, it was still a two-two game going into the eighth inning. Casey Jansen comes on in relief, gets a ground out from Brian Pena, uh, then gets up 0-2 on Eugenio Eugenio Suarez and hangs a curveball up inside, yanks a solo home run to left that just clears the wall in the corner. Uh, Matt Dendecker chases the wall, made a leaping attempt, but it got over the wall. 3-2 reds at that point, and then you know you're going to the big arms in their bullpen. So giving up a lead at that point was tough and even tougher to do it on an 0-2 pitch. Yeah, and it, it, wow, what a, what a deflating experience because then you're you're looking at a couple of big arms and the thin part of a thin lineup uh, trying to come up and scratch something out against them. Uh, that that was just that was just tough because uh, Gene Suarez here really is some guy I've never heard of. You know, I guess he he might be some big prospect for the Reds, but to to see him go what three for four with a reach on error and that home run. Come on, Max. You, even with how how depleted the lineup is, you should be pitching better than that. Yeah, this is 21st game of the season, so we're all forgiven if we're not completely familiar with Eugenio Suarez, but he came up big for the Reds tonight and was a difference. Dave, you know, uh, we've talked about this recently, and neither of us think the price for uh, Aroldis Chapman is going to be reasonable enough for the Nationals to actually make good on all the rumors we hear out there. But regardless regardless of what happens in the end, he is one fun reliever to watch. Comes out there throwing fastballs 100 miles an hour plus up to 102 and 103 on the radar gun in Nationals Park. Just really a dominant right-hander. He walked Michael Taylor. A wild pitch moves Taylor into scoring position at second, but he gets stranded there in the end. Chapman gets, I think it was his 16th save of the season, if I'm correct, but really just uh, 17th save, I'm sorry, but really just dominant out there on the mound and just a fun reliever to watch. He, every reason for Mike Rizzo to like him as much as he did when he first saw him out there, he's still impressive. I don't think the Nationals are going to get him, but if the rumors come true, I wouldn't complain having to watch him every night in the ninth inning. Well, you know, he throws damn hard. Um, there's no arguing about 99, 100, 101, 102. Um, I really think the Nats helped him out a lot tonight, though. Um, he threw 16 pitches, nine of which were called strikes, but um, but, but several were, were of the questionable variety. Um, Desmond went up there hacking at the first pitch and, and flied out weakly to right field. Michael Taylor, the youngest batter in the lineup, um, was able to work a walk, and then um, and then Jose Lobaton helped him out on a couple of swings. Uh, Matt Dendecker helped him out uh, swinging at a couple of balls that were outside. So um, the Nats really didn't have that much of an approach up there other than uh, closing their eyes and swinging hard and hope that they made contact with it. Um, but like Doghouse said, it's hard to uh, send your uh, eight, nine, and one hitters up there um, against a guy that's throwing 102 miles an hour. Um, pretty much it's just swing and hope at that point. And, and, um, and it, in a shows, um, and, you know, the youngest uh, batter in the Nats lineup uh, was the only one that had enough maturity to uh, to work a guy for a walk when he was obviously having trouble getting the ball over the plate. 
ends up a 3 2 loss when Chapman gets to save 46 and 37 on the season. Nine game uh, winning streak at home in Nationals Park is over for the Nationals with their fourth straight loss to the Reds this season. Uh, one more note before we talk about the All Star game, really quickly for the last question. This is the 19th straight start. The Nationals uh, pitchers allowed two walks or less in a game at the major league record. They were tied with the 1919 Pirates with 19 straight games with two walks or less. They have a major league record with that, according to Elias Sports. So that's impressive, if nothing else. Doghouse, Max Scherzer added to the All-Star Reserves tonight. Going to join Bryce Harper in uh, Cincinnati's Great American Ballpark for the 86th annual All-Star game, if I remember correctly. Harper said today, though, he's not going to be in the home run derby, disappointing fans of that, but he said he wanted his dad to be pitching to him when he when he does win the home run derby. His dad had rotator cuff surgery recently, so he can't do it. Harper's also been taking batting practice indoors. If anyone didn't notice it, his absence from BP for the last two months or so, he's kept it indoors because he likes it better. It's not whatever reason he likes it better, I'm sure he explained today, but he's not going to be in the uh, home run derby, will be in the all-star game, along with Max Scherzer, Drew Storen, maybe a possible snub there, but the Nationals get two players going out to Cincinnati. Well, I know the inevitable argument is always, do you want your guy to play in the home run derby? Will it mess up his swing? And frankly, I can't remember the consensus on the internet of whether being in the home run derby, derby is harmful or not to your subsequent production over the next 10 games. And I don't care. But uh, <laughs> Harper, Harper is getting recognition that he richly deserves here. And if he wants the sentimental value of having his dad pitch to him, more power to him. The home run derby is fun but meaningless. And it should be a, a, a special family event for him, not just some contrived fan nonsense like the entire all-star game has turned into. And it shouldn't count for anything. Robot umpires now. Sorry, I, I digressed <laughs> a little bit there. But uh, Scherzer and Harper are, are the deserving match. They're going to be there on the national stage where uh, where people can appreciate them just like we have all all, uh, all season, and I think that's great. Dave was Drew Storen stubbed. It's hard to uh, – snubbed, I should say. It's hard to look at that roster and complain about anyone who's on it, but certainly deserving, even if he doesn't make it, uh, could end up going there if there's any injuries or anyone unavailable to pitch, which there always are a ton of people. Yeah, you know, the, the, a couple of problems with with, with the multiple relievers. And, and yes, Storm's got the numbers to match anybody. Um, even bad teams have good closers. Um, the, the rule that, that they have to take one uh, player from each team, which I wholly support, um, a lot of times that ends up being their closer. Uh, Francisco Rodriguez from the Brewers was their representative. Uh, Jonathan Papelbon from the Phillies was their lone representative. So, um, obviously, if it, you know, the, the Brewers, they could have – they could have taken Ryan Braun or maybe even Adam Lynn, but uh, the way things shook out, they decided to take uh, uh, K-Rod. So that, that precluded Storm from making the list. But, um, you know, there's always a handful of players that, that don't go for, for one reason or another. Um, obviously, the Sunday pitchers uh, won't participate. So Storm may still sneak in there, but um, but good on Scherzer, obviously, for, for making the team. And uh, we'll keep our fingers crossed that, uh, that Storm can get added there later. Matt Knightley, sponsored by the District Sports page and federalbaseball.com. 7.05 tomorrow night, the Nationals try to avoid losing the fifth straight to the Reds. Max Scherzer versus Johnny Cueto on the mound. Don't miss that one. Should be a good one. Talk to you guys tomorrow night. Go Nats.